the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 aficionados, welcome into 90210 a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT. Joining me, as always, is my good buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? I am hanging and banging, JT. Enjoying these summer episodes of season mm-hmm. two of 90210, and we've got a guest joining us, as we always do. He's a returning guest. So who have we got? He is. It's exciting. Us early season two. Yes, we heard him back in season one. Uh, he's a diehard 90210 fan, and he wanted to come back for more, which is always a good thing. It's our good friend, Charlie Angeloro. Charlie, how are you doing? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing good. Good, good. Good to have you here. In season two, uh, were you a fan of the summer episodes? You recall, uh, well, actually, you started watching a little bit later, right? You weren't in right at the beginning. I, I wasn't, no. I was, wasn't in at the beginning, but, I mean, I, I'm a fan of all of, all of it. Right. I'm a fan oh. of all of it. Okay. Well, I've definitely enjoyed our time at the Beverly Hills Beach Club, like uh, Tim noted there So, uh, as well. So here we are. We're in Season 2, Episode 4. The episode is entitled Anaconda, aired August 1st, 1991, 15.4 million viewers. So that is down a decent chunk uh, since last mm. week, which had an 18.1. Uh, we do bounce back next week. So like we talked about, I think it's just like a summer ebb and flow at this point, just things going on. Uh, maybe the summer storm took a little pe- few people out heading into this week, but um, <laughs> maybe still, of course, uh, a lot of excitement around this episode for us anyway. All right, let's dive in. We open up. We're in Jim's high rise office and he is uh, offering help to someone. And we see that that someone spin around and it's Dylan sitting in Jim's office. Uh, he wants to help Dylan manage his finances. He tells him, you know, Dylan, you can't keep putting it off. Uh, you know, he'll be broke. You'll be in pain. The courts will step involved, getting messy. Uh, you know, and uh, Jim feels like he has a moral responsibility here to help Dylan out. He asks if Dylan understands he has to go to Hawaii. He has to make peace with his mom. And Dylan says it's not easy. Uh, all she has ever done is throw money at him and to set its love. And Jim says if he doesn't ask her for money, it's only going to get worse. So that's a pretty tense opening, Tim, right out of the gates. We don't mess around. Jim is involved now in Dylan's life. A little bit more heavily than we, you know, seen previously, and he knows that Dylan's in trouble, and he's got to go see mom in Hawaii if he wants to have any chance of survival here with Jack's money frozen, Jack's in the clink, um, so lots going on. That's right. Continuing that story thread from Summer Storm, our last episode, mm-hmm. uh, where Dylan found himself under unusual circumstances, now living with the Walshes and uh, hard up for money. Um, I thought this was a cute little opening scene just because, you know, it, it sounds like uh, Jim, Big Jim is talking to this high roller and it's in, in his office, like high stakes, obviously. He's got this this big shot client. And <laughs> yes. I thought it was like pretty obvious that it was going to be Dylan. Like, I don't, it just seemed like something they were going to yeah. do based on where they left off um, with Jim and Dylan in that last episode. And then kind of the slow reveal as we see um, skinny little Luke Perry in the chair that is like swallowing his whole body, basically. Um, 
so it, I don't know. It's kind of like Dylan in the principal's office here, this this opening scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least he and uh, Jim have come to this understanding. And although it is a somewhat tense scene, they they are pretty much on the same page here. Like Dylan is not wanting to do this, but it's it's not like um, Jim is really giving him a hard time or giving him an ultimatum. He's just trying to to make him see the importance of hey, if if you're gonna if you're gonna strike out on your own and be financially independent then you gotta bite the bullet here um so just he's giving him that sage fatherly advice here rather than um you know the very antagonistic mad dad relationship we've seen from them previously Mm And it feels like he's doing it to really help him. It doesn't feel like it's like Brenda begged him or anything like that. Like, so it's it's a sure, genuine yeah. like caring for Dylan not to be in a shitty situation. Uh, Charlie, what do you think of this yeah. opening scene? I, I feel like there's always been this love hate relationship with Dylan and, and Jim. Like, it's always this this he 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 doesn't like him. He likes him, but he wants to help him. But it's uh it, it's neat to see it kind of unfold. And, and this is one of the few. This is one of the beginning scenes of that. You know, going forward, you're going to see more, but it 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 it's kind of like the one of the few the, the starting points of this this relationship between these two. You know, dating Brenda and stuff like that. But he he's got this he's got this thing for Dylan to help him. All right, we head over to the beach club. We get some B-roll set to surfer version of the Nauta 2 and Out theme, which I really enjoyed. It was pretty good. Um, <laughs> Steve is riding in a towel cart. Yeah. You know, Brandon's pushing him, and he's explaining to Brandon they're gonna have a late night poker game. But Brandon wants no part of it. And Steve wants him there. He says, Brandon, you stink, so you should come. Uh, Brandon then pushes him down the ramp uh, in the laundry cart uh, up to a laundry van, a third-party company on the premises to take over the laundry. Uh, There's a fun little hijinks showing the two of them kind of messing around uh, a little bit. So that was kind of cool. Uh, We cut back to the Walsh house. Dylan brings Cindy some bread, says he's thankful for the Walshes. Cindy offers him some pocket money, but he says he's fine. Donna comes by to see Brenda. There's no Kelly there. She went to the beach with Jackie. Brenda wants to pick a movie to go see and not on the way. But Donna's just clearly there to see Dylan, which kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, Brenda shuts her horniness down and she's like, look, he's, you know, I'm still as a girlfriend, basically. Uh, Brenda caves. But Donna's like, well, just see if Dylan will come with us. And Brenda caves. She invites Dylan to come to the movies, but he's not having it. Wants no part of it. Says he's going to stay home and read. Donna says it's her treat. Uh, which is the wrong thing to say to Dylan McKay at this point, because he just mumbles, yep, Dylan McKay, charity case, and then sombers off. So he wants no part of this. He's feeling down on himself and uh, not too fun. So, uh, Charlie, what do you think of Horny Donna here coming in hot for uh, Dylan? That, that kind of came out of nowhere. In yeah, my it was weird. I, watching it back again, I was like, really? That happened? I don't, I don't even remember that. And that was just kind of, that was odd that, to see that. I'm I'm with you, Charlie. That really took me by surprise. I was like, at first, when when Donna was quizzing uh, Brenda about, yo, is, is Dylan coming? What's y'all's status? Da da da. Like, I thought she was making it seem like she didn't want Dylan to come because then she'd maybe feel like the third wheel or something. But no, mm-hmm. she's like, she's like practically making a play for Dylan, like blatantly yeah. in front of Brenda. I noticed that right. Like, what that. is this? I noticed that right off the bat, and and because I haven't seen the episode in a while, but I, I watched and, and I went, really, really, that happened? Like that was that. Yeah, that I surprising. no recollection of that whatsoever. But um, I don't know. I kind of like that this is a scene uh with Donna and Brenda basically as friends. Um, we're gonna see the strengthening of their friendship over the mm-hmm. years. I think this is the first scene 
we've really gotten between just the two of them where you didn't have well they were in the Kelly class there they've the been in the character. acting class together but yeah well they've been real. in the acting class yeah, it's the first I mean, that they're that like hanging includes out Andrea. Right. yeah them hang just the two of them like hanging out which we're going to see throughout the episode i, I mean yeah, yeah you that, get the yeah. walshes and and dylan but um i don't know I, I just like seeing the development of that relationship um really starting with season two here and early in season two um you don't need where you don't need just kind of you know ancillary characters uh to make it work it, it can really just be the two of them one-on-one being friends so we'll see some more of that which will be nice mm-hmm. um dylan does not wash his hands with soap and water when he enters the wall house <laughs> i thought that was a little gross he just runs some water over his hands and was like yeah rinsing off oh, that bread yeast oh, no, that was right yeah um oh and the uh the third party laundry company that you mentioned uh you know you just see him for a second but that's going to get an interesting Mm -hmm. payoff later so (laughs) one that you would not have considered probably no charlie do you have another take in there somewhere uh no 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 okay no go okay all right we go to the beach club we're after hours now brandon Caves. He ends up letting the crew in for this late night poker game. Uh, we see David is there too. It's his first time playing. They go into the game room. They're setting up mm. for the poker. Uh, Brandon's very nervous about everything. David begs him to crank up some tunes on the sweet stereo. Uh, he really is going. In. He loves the stereo system. So Brandon finally says okay. David fires up the music. We get a little montage of the game. Brandon's nervous the whole time. David's practicing his poker face. Uh, Brandon actually ends up cleaning up, though. Uh, and he busts on Steve for saying he stinks. He ends up being the big winner. Uh, we get one of the guys, uh, Waterman, talking about how this game is a tradition. And it used to be called uh, or led by Ross Wienerblatt, uh, who led an ongoing game multiple times a summer. He says they used to dress like high rollers from Las Vegas. And they wanted to show respect to the game. They play Frank Sinatra. They had some gorgeous chicks sitting around watching them for luck. And they played for real stakes. Everyone's kind of awestruck as uh, Waterman is explaining this game to the crew. Brandon gets home. He chats with Dylan about what went on in the poker game. Dylan says, hey, you know what? There's no thrill if you're not risking big money. It's like bungee jumping. You only do it if there's a tiny possibility that cord could snap. That's what gives you the rush. And he doesn't gamble because it's just another addiction. Uh, And a real gambler gets off on the game when the adrenaline comes, not when you win or lose. Uh, And Dylan does not want to risk playing with his past uh addictions of course tim so i thought it's again two pretty good scenes uh waterman has that typical nato 2 and you know bad boy look about him uh he's in there uh spilling the beans on the rose and black mm-hmm. game and uh i don't know do you think this is against brandon's general nature or do you think it's it's right on par with his usual actions i don't know it might be on par with his his usual actions as of this season we're seeing a little bit more of a rebellious side to Brandon in season mm-hmm. two. I feel like since he started at the beach company, I mean, there's the whole drama over uh, quitting on Nat, giving him very little yes. notice to, to start working for Henry Thomas. And then um, the whole, all the nonsense with, um, Oh God, what was the guy's name <laughs> that tried to adopt him as his, uh, his new, his new son and uh, the, the, the party fish episode, right? Um, which he got in some trouble with uh, Henry Thomas over that whole debacle. Um, and now here he's, I don't know, it just seems like he would be wanting to, you know, keep, like keep his, keep his hands clean now that he's already like, 
not that he's on the outs with Henry, but he had a close call, right, mm-hmm. already. And here he is, you know, uh, breaking the rules, breaking the law, potentially, for the sake of these guys having a, a poker game. I don't know. Um, we get a good quote here from uh, one of Steve's dude bro friends. What was his name? Uh, I think Waterman. he called it. Um, Waterman. Yeah, he yes. says... Uh, he says to Brandon, uh, oh, God, I, I I had it. Brandon, don't be such a squeef, huh? <laughs> so whatever a squeef is, I, I definitely have down as one of our best quotes. Um, I'm not sure what quite to make of this Ross Wienerblatt all-night poker club and chamber music society. Um, it sounds a bit much, but uh, I don't know. I guess, um, I guess Waterman kind of sells them on it. They seem pretty fascinated. Uh, but once again, like like having Donna interacting with, with Brenda, we don't need Kelly, um, good use of her. We get a good use of David, who's just kind of along for the ride with Steve here, and some good interaction between Steve, David, and, and Brandon. So I like that as well. Just good good mix of cast and characters here in this episode already. If squeef is what it means here in the Urban Dictionary, I am shocked that they let that one get by stairs to practices. So when a woman... What have we got? Uh, I don't know if I want to even get into it on this show here, but um, <laughs> look it up for yourself. S-Q-U-E-A-F. Um, has to do with that a woman's bad, bodily no. functions. Yeah, uh, probably not. Maybe on a different show, Tim, I would have let it rip. You don't work the rhymes with squeef. Yeah, yep. And then it includes, say, I mean, includes some... Uh, as... All right. <laughs> you let it rip, Tim. Okay. I, think I, I think I've... I think I put two and two together. Let's just say there's a significant output that comes along with that in as part of a squeeze. Gotcha. Look that up later. Yeah, to mark it down for after. Uh, Charlie, any thoughts Got on it. the poker game here Got out of the gate? I, I forgot about David was at the, the table. That was yes. uh, that was it. When I saw him there, I was kind of like, oh, all right, David's here. And then uh, with with Brandon, it's it's kind of like the, uh, again, the start of him. Because he's always had some, uh, he likes to gamble. Mm-hmm. We can that later. Um, he's always got this weakness for different things. You know, he wasn't a big, big druggie or anything like that. But he, uh, when it came to this and women, he was, this was kind of his, his, uh, his yep. bad side. Yep. And we see that starting to display, like you said, here now, uh, Brandon goes in the shower. He's out of shampoo. The next day he's at work and in comes Henry grills him about a break in that happened the night before some spoiled kids from the club sneaking in to play cards. They found poker chips and crushed cheese doodles. It says if someone got hurt there, it's, it's on him. That's why it's a big deal. Brandon Henry tells Brandon to let him know if he hears anything, but Brandon plays dumb on everything. We cut to Dylan. is at a local pawn shop. He's trying to trade in some of his stuff, including his guitar. The lady wants electronics and just offers him $275 for the whole lot. He contemplates and then takes it. Uh, and then they start talking about his mom because in one of the frames he trades in is a picture. Um, and, he, you know, we get a little more info about him and his mom, but not too much. He leaves the uh, pawn shop and we see him putting the guitar out in the window and he feels kind of sad. We then go to the beach where Donna and Brenda are arriving. They're trying to figure out the best angle to sunbathe. We cut over to Steve telling Brandon he wants to do the Wiener Black game tonight at midnight. Brandon tells him Henry knows what's up. Steve says Henry works for them. And he tries to bait Brandon. He says you could win some car money. There's going to be babes. And it's going to happen whether you're there or not. Brandon doesn't want to risk upsetting Henry, but Steve pushes him. And Brandon again says he will think about it. Uh, so, Charlie, is Brandon again teetering on the brink here? Uh yeah, again, and like 
like I said before, when when Steve was saying everything, he's like, no, no. And then he said, uh, what did he say? Like, I'm going to get some babes. And he was like, yeah. oh, okay. And he was like, what, uh, what, what, what? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. The babes are the car money broke him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I just feel like with Henry Thomas already catching on to this, this little all night poker game, the first time it happens, this is really where Brandon should be like, all right, we, um, we're flying way too close to the sun here. So no more of this. I'm done. But all it took was Steve selling him on the babes and presenting him with the loophole of, well, I'll let everybody in. You don't have to do it. So it's really, it's not your ass. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> like that's still, you know about it. So it's right. like, that, that really is not absolving you of anything here, Brandon. Um, but that's, that's all he needs. He's on board. Uh, so yeah. Um, seems like we're, we're, we are a go, uh, Ross Wienerblatt tonight. Midnight. <laughs> It. it seems like a quick turnaround to pull the guys together for this game uh same night like it a does. night later like you think maybe mm-hmm. a week later or something but you know the next night well they gotta like find the babes turn. they gotta get dressed up it, it seems right. like there's some planning that goes into this yeah right. there's a lot going on and it's not like it's not seven in the morning here i mean it's probably you know at least at least late morning i would assume so mm-hmm. yeah all right, Brenda and Donna rotate around. They reapply with SPF 25. Brenda says she prefers that to the 15. She's being very diligent here about tanning, does not want to get burned or have any trouble. Uh, Donna asks her what it's like living with Dylan, but Brenda kind of dodges the answer. She says all he does is mope around. He's moody all day. He's not talking, doesn't do anything. Brenda says she still loves him, but has no idea how to help him. And Donna responds by going to get a milkshake. So not super interested in what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> Brenda passes out. We cut ahead to her coming home just roasted red. Uh, she's upset because she says she can't go to the party anymore uh, because she's just burnt to a crisp. Uh, she was going to go to a party with Donna. Cindy says she has a remedy. Dylan comes in and tries to flirt, but Brenda's kind of aggravated with the sunburn not having it. Dylan comes over, sidles up to Jim. Jim's reading the paper, asks if uh, Jim how's the news is today. And Jim says, you know, you can use my phone anytime. Call Hawaii. You can call direct. Uh, big deal back in the early 90s to let him call direct was, on the phone. Yeah. Uh, and he pushes him to do it. Dylan apologizes that he hasn't yet and promises to take care of it. We then see, uh, we'll get to this next part in a minute, but uh, Charlie, how were you with the Dylan direct at the time? I, I think the interesting fun fact that people may not know about Rhode Island is there was actually a time where if you were calling in state, it was long distance at certain parts. For such a small state, it seems crazy. Uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Um it was I, I did know what he was talking about when he said that. And it was mm-hmm. funny just because obviously no cell phones or anything like that and still having to pay for the the long distance. But it was uh, it was it was interesting. Yeah, I remember I had a friend. I lived in West Warwick and I had a friend who lived in Wickford. And to make that call was was a different like I had to call a different area code. I don't think I, I had a, mm. I don't think it was extra, but it was like a different area code to get there. It was odd. Yes. Uh, but there were other parts of the state, I believe, that were considered long distance, which is crazy. Yeah, I never, I don't think I'm, I was thinking back. I never really, ha- I don't think I had knew anyone out of Warwick where I grew up. I yeah, that's, I, that's right, Rodell. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, Tim, how about yeah, you? Uh, Virginia is right, set up very differently. Only, <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, Central Virginia is all just the same area code, so that was never an issue really for me. Um, but I, I that's what I was going to say. Like. 
for you guys, I figure it's, it must have been like a difference in area code situation where maybe de- depending on how close you were to like a bordering state, maybe you're like part of that area code mm-hmm. rather than, you know, Rhode, Rhode Island proper, whatever, whatever that is. Um, yeah, it makes you wonder here in the Walsh household, are they using uh, MCI or, or Sprint <laughs> yes. back in the day here in 1991? Um, no one remembers those commercials unless you're our age. But anyway, um, I I was really kind of worried that um, while Brenda and Donna are, are reading up on the most scientific best methods of getting a great tan on the beach and the positioning with the towels and rotating and SPF and what I thought that this was going to turn into like a whole like sunburn PSA B plot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, they were both skin cancer teas get roasted skin cancer teas. And yeah, it, it, that would be like the whole little background story of, of this episode. And I was like, Oh God, here we go. But it really turns out to be nothing. It's just kind of a, a sight gag to see uh, Brenda briefly burnt to a crisp when she gets home. Don't make it the Kramer, you know, where Kramer shows up on the date and he's all, he's like basically (laughs) black from the suntan. I thought you were bringing home a white boy. Um, You guys didn't didn't bring up the alarm clock that went off. That I thought that brought me back to the beach when I was in high school. Not that girls would bring Mm -hmm. alarm clock. All the girls would move according to the sun. But Brenda and Donna had an alarm clock to set when they had to move their towels. Yes, they sure did. Yep. Um, kind of crappy of Donna just to leave Brenda hanging out to dry like she falls asleep. Donna just says she's getting up to get a drink. I guess she never came back because uh, Brenda <laughs> nodded off and was right. out there way too long. Uh, Cindy has some kind of home remedy for this, um, which we never see, which was odd to me. Um, I, I assume Aloe. oatmeal bath or vinegar, aloe maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Um, have you guys? Did she say it wasn't the green uh, something like that? Didn't she say something like that? Oh uh, yeah, she said it's, it's not the pink goop the pink. or whatever, right? And uh, I didn't. I guess she was calamine lotion. Calamine yeah. lotion. But, you know, for poison ivy, poison oak. Um, did you guys ever get burnt terribly in the sun like this growing up or as adults? Yes. Yes. I uh, mm-hmm. I think the worst I ever got, we went on a family trip to Florida to see my aunt in Naples. I was probably 16 or 17. And you know how it is when you're like mid-teens on a family trip, like you're the yeah. asshole, right? So something happened. I remember I got pissed off uh, and I refused to put a lotion. I just laid on the beach and I had my headphones on with my Walkman. Um, and I remember like I had the, or Discman, one of the two, I had the cord coming up my like torso and I, I was just so pissed. I did not listen. Like, so I got so burnt and I had this one white line up my stomach to my chest with a cord. Oh, with the Discman. But I couldn't even, it was that type of burnt where you can't even wear a shirt. It like sticks to you. It yeah. would hurt. The wind blowing the shirt would hurt. Um, I would say that's probably the worst I ever had. Was that that stands out to me as the worst? How about you, Charlie? Any, any bad sunburns? I think it happened to me about a month ago. <laughs> Sorry, I remember you being yeah. pretty red. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to talk about it, but it was uh, about a month ago. Yeah, got the kids all uh, lotioned up. Spent 12 hours on the beach, and uh, I it wasn't well. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Oof. 
Well, I mean, it's happened to me multiple times. I just, I have the complexion of, um, like, I, I'm basically like corpse makeup when you think of stage <laughs> or theatrical makeup. It's like, I, I'm just the corpse um, complexion, basically, as, as my natural skin tone. Um, probably even lighter than uh, Shannon Doherty. You like the, so, al- yeah, the albino just, kid and uh, was it me, myself, and Irene Whitey or whatever his name is? <laughs> yeah. Whitey. Yeah, Whitey. Whitey. <laughs> so it's, it, try as I might, I mean, you can only do so much when you're this white. It's it just, it's it's happened to me multiple times. So <sighs> There was this poor it kid sucks. in our high school that was so pale and he had blonde hair. And this one guy oh. just would bully him. And he call, used to call him Fatty Albino. And it's like, I felt bad laughing at it, but My it's like God. the funniest nickname of all time. <laughs> Fatty Albino. Fatty um, Albino. I'm guessing uh, Jim. They would have been using Pac Bell, like likely Pacific Bell. Uh, look that uh, up. So that was that was probably the telephone company they were utilizing. Uh, all right. So uh, Dylan sees Brandon get his costume ready, and Dylan kind of dances around coming to the poker game. Brandon pushes him to come, but he says no. He's gonna stay home and read. He's not gonna get involved. So we cut to the beach club again. We're after hours. The crew breaks in. They're in their full garb. Steve even has a fake mustache on. Uh, Brennan and Donna now are part of the crew. So this is the party they were talking about. They were invited as the babes <laughs> to this uh, to come watch the poker game. Steve lets them all in. And I got to say, I was a little disappointed. Like when they built up the Rosenblatt, I was thinking they were going to have like 50 people at this at this poker game. It's like mm-hmm. it's just the same freaking people from the other game with Brenda and Donna there to watch. <laughs> like it was it just did not really hit as like anything super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we do get a montage that Sinatra's playing, uh, which they actually left in the episode. I was surprised there was definitely Sinatra. Maybe I guess Statue of Limitations ended on uh, the fair use of Sinatra. But it, that's playing. Yeah. Uh, Brandon wants uh, some fresh babes. Uh, but Donna and Brenda are all in. They're smoking cigars uh, poorly, mind you, poorly smoking the cigars, but they're smoking them. Uh, Brenda's a little aggravated that of the hot babes. One's a sister and, her, and the other's her best friend. Uh, David doesn't light up a cigar. He says he doesn't want to stunt his growth. Uh, Waterman wants to up the stakes, and in comes Dylan. He wants in on the game. Brandon, you know, is like, you sure? You know, you sure this is a good idea after what you told me? And Dylan says, I'm in. So the game gets rolling. David wants to call Dylan's bluff. Steve tries to stop him. He says, look, I wouldn't I wouldn't take the chance here, but David wants it. Brenda and Donna bitch about Dylan's attitude because he's even been kind of a pain in the ass here. David takes three new cards after he already went all in pretty much uh, and raises. And Steve is like, what are you doing? Um, Dylan wants to hang in as well. He asks Brandon to borrow 50 bucks. Brandon says he's out of scratch. So he asks Steve and, and he says, my, is my credit good with you, Steve? And Steve says, sure. So Dylan borrows 50 from Steve. We find out the pot is now $400. We get the reveal and David wins. Uh, Dylan is pissed. He lost the game with a full boat and he heads off. He wants nothing for Brandon. Brandon tries to calm him down. Dylan says he's just going to go take a sauna and drive up the coast to uh, clear his head after the loss. Brandon apologizes, and Dylan says, I don't need the Walsh family watching over me at all times. Uh, Brandon says, it's time to go. You know, the Dylan lost. The girls are done. Things feel weird now. And I, I was expecting a fight, but everyone else was like, yeah, it's fine. I thought Steve and Waterman were going to push to keep going, but they don't. So we wrap up the Rosenblatt. Dylan is now $400 lighter, or $200 lighter, I guess, probably if it was $400 pot. So he's out. He's out of scratch, and he's uh, headed up the coast. Uh, Tim, I was expecting more of like a Dylan meltdown. I guess maybe in later years we'd get a bigger, probably freak out from him. Mm-hmm. He still kind of stays composed here, though, even with the loss. 
Yeah, I was I was maybe thinking there'd be more to this also, but um, primarily I was just kind of I don't know thinking that Brandon was kind of a shitty friend for. I know. I mean, I know it was Dylan's decision to come to this thing, but mm-hmm. Brandon does kind of get him mixed up in it by putting the idea right. in his head in the first place, right? Yes. And I mean, Dylan seemed sort of wishy-washy and had some, expressed some mixed feelings about the whole concept of gambling. I, I thought it was a little bit even progressive for 1991 that he um, acknowledges it as an addiction, you know, not not unlike substance abuse, which we know he has struggled with that, you know, that gambling, you know, just like drugs, alcohol, whatever can, can get a hold on you. Um, but he understands that thrill and that kick and, you know, how, you know, when you're playing for really high stakes, how, um, irresistible it can be. So for him to, you know, come along, it, it just, I don't know. I I think it kind of underscores his desperation, um, and how he's, you know, so hard up for money, and Brandon knows this, so it's like if if Dylan comes and loses big here, um, he knows Dylan. He knows how desperate this guy can be. Uh, like it just it just seemed like a bad idea all around to even involve him in this situation. And then what what happens if he wins big, right? That he's just going to want to come back for more. There's just no. It just seems like a lose lose prospect all around for for Dylan to get uh, mixed up in this thing. And um, I just thought Brandon should have done more to, I don't know, maybe avoid it himself or just stay quiet about the whole idea of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, like you, I was expecting a much bigger sort of production here with, you know, chicks and like 50 people and lots of music. And it's really just a much more intimate gathering. You get the impression that this Waterman dude maybe oversold the uh, the Ross Wienerblatt All Night Poker Club and Chamber Music Society, but that's a very high school guy thing to do. So it kind of makes sense. Just somebody who's um, kind of talking out of their ass and um, you know making making more of something than it really is. Uh, I think we've all had that experience probably. Um, but, you know, it, it gives us a, an excuse for our, our main characters to do a little cosplay here, which is sort of ridiculous, but fun. And, uh, yeah, and we, we get some fun dynamics with David uh, being coached by Steve. And then it, it comes when it comes down to him and Dylan, like Brandon kind of coaching Dylan, which, again, not a good look. But we see where this ends up. So, well, he looked at. uh Steve looked at David's cards and showed him, and then Brandon goes, "D, what do you got?" And he goes, "No one looks at my card. No one looks at my cards." <laughs> right. Or something like that mm-hmm. and that serious tone, and and yep. I get I get what you're saying, but Dylan's, and I mean it probably hasn't been proven up to this point, but no one no one tells Dylan what to do, when to do it, where to do it. Um, he's not going to listen to anyone, and uh, it, it's it, it kind of. You, you're just not going to see um, – Dylan, Dylan's just going to do what he wants. He's just going right. to do what he wants, and uh, that's kind of the end of it. He's going to – he's just going to do what he wants, basically. Yeah, right. Uh, Brandon, there's no way he was going to be able to stop him uh, once he got in and said that he was going to do this. And it it would have gotten uglier, perhaps, if he kept pushing him. So, um, 
And it kind of shows that it kind of shows to me, it showed how desperate Dylan was at that point. You know, him telling Brandon how gambling, you know, you shouldn't gamble. Mm -hmm. Not that good. But then all of a sudden he's pawning his guitar and stuff and boom, he shows up at the the tournament. So it kind of shows how he's like, this is his last resort. He's he just needs money. He's desperate, and he's going here, and he, he's confident he can win with these Jamokes uh, in the poker game as well. But losing to David is like rock bottom for him right now at this point <laughs> of his life. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, next morning, Steve and Brandon are kind of horsing around, and in comes Henry. And he asked Steve if he had a poker game last night. Steve denies it, says he was with Brandon all night. So Henry takes him to the game room. He says the TV, the stereo, all the equipment is gone. We had a major burglary. Uh, we cut over to the detective. They said there were no forced entry and likely someone that knew the place well. Brandon says, hey, it was an inside job that cuts down the suspects. But Henry says he wishes it was someone from outside, not inside, because he has an old police record. He got caught up with some friends. He fell asleep in a car. When he woke up, they were ripping off a house in Culver City, and he's afraid that might get dug up now because of this. And right on cue, the detective comes over and asks Henry to come meet with them. Steve comes over laughing. He gives Brand and Brandon gives him some shit. He says, This is all Steve's fault. He said, You made me lie to Henry, and that's a big deal. Brandon wants to go tell Henry the truth and tell Steve that he only cares about himself. He doesn't care about Henry, he doesn't care about Brandon or his job. Uh, so Brandon basically walks off on Steve as Steve's trying to uh, calm him down. The detective is harassing Henry about his record, and Brandon comes in and says he knows more than he earlier let on. So uh, I think Brandon atones here a bit, Charlie, for his past transgressions. Uh, knows that Henry's in deep trouble. They're going to pull this old record out, and he doesn't want to see his boss go down. Um, you know, I think, again, we see this back and forth, Jekyll and Hyde Steve situation. Uh, this is kind of bad Steve throughout this episode, especially here, where he's kind of basically like, screw Henry, who cares? He's been that way the whole time. So we're kind of seeing the spoiled brat Steve leak into all this uh, episode throughout here. So he's kind of playing the bad guy. And uh, Brandon said something like, you don't care about my job and you don't care about Henry. So it's it's kind of it's Brandon tries to do the right thing always. Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of that 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 devil on his shoulder, always always talking and talking him into the, the bad things to do. Yeah, I, I do think he's trying to offload some of his own guilt on Steve a little bit here, but getting as sanctimonious as he does. Um, but uh, he does, I agree, try to make up for it by pretty much immediately going to Henry and saying, hey, I, you know, I, I know more about this than I let on. Um, of course, Henry has his little sob story, which tells us a little bit more about his character as well, um, who we've grown quite fond of here in these these short few what four episodes now of the season um having in in lieu of nat i think uh i think we're enjoying uh henry as the yeah the um brandon's boss slash uh secondary father figure <laughs> in a way um just a, a good positive presence on this show mm-hmm. and um boy is it looking looking rather obvious that Dylan did it like who else could it have been kind of thing. Right. We as viewers are, are to ourselves going, there's no way there's gotta be some other explanation, but to everyone, you know, for all intents and purposes who was in the know here, it's like, mm, 
Mm-hmm. We're not saying it, but but this is this seems is not obvious. Looking too good, yeah. yeah, for our friend Dylan. Um, I mean, the other only other obvious potentially obvious answer would be Waterman, who kept mm-hmm. trying to plot this game, plot this game, you know. But yeah, he was pushing, really pushing to do this thing. Right. So my thought was, you know, honestly, I hadn't seen this episode in forever, so I I was thinking it was going to be him, um, and that Dylan would be the swerve. But well, they planted right. you know, when the uh, when Dylan sold his guitar. Yes. What did the lady say? She said she wants electronics. Electronics. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That was a good seed that they put in there. Yeah. Um, all right. Up next, I, I feel like this is the hokiest part of the episode. Uh, we get the montage of the detective grilling oh, everyone. It, it was it was like a little too much. Um, yes. Just the way they lit it, it just felt like it felt like a Saturday Live sketch or something. It was like too comedic <laughs> that they. Like, are they, is David really going to the friggin' who scout? Like, like you're telling me he wouldn't have his dad and a lawyer there? I mean, come on. Like, right. there's no way they're letting these kids get dragged down to the joint to, to sit with the detective. Um, so it was it was a little bit much. Uh, Waterman's talking about his late night games to the detective. He ro- walks right into admitting he has a history of trespassing on, into the club. Uh, Brenda gets grilled. Steve asks if the detective knows who his mom is and says he locked the door and everything was fine when he left. David is very nervous. As the detective says she heard he won big last night. Like, that was stupid, too. Like, I heard you won yeah. big last night. Like, what detective would say that? Um, Donna admits she had a cigar and she threw up after. Threw up, yeah, that was great. Uh, Brandon tells her that Dylan uh, Dylan's depressed about losing. And uh, she she knows Jack is in jail. Brandon says his mom's in Hawaii. Like, who the hell's telling the detective all this? Like, I don't know. Brandon vouches for Dylan, says he knows it's not him. Uh, and she says it's an active investigation and she wants to meet with Dylan. So, yeah, I, I thought I really did not. I, I would honestly say, along with, like, Speed Racer Brenda in that, in that dream, that one episode, this may be one of my least favorite scenes of the show's history. Like, I thought this was so goofy and stupid and just so unrealistic in, in every way, Charlie. Technically, I don't even think I, I don't know this, but I don't even think if you're under 18, you can do like you have to. No. have It's there. Yeah. So right. maybe if they did this, maybe if they did this like at the club on the on the spur of a moment, it's fine. But like bring them to the actual jail is like ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That was much. A little much. And I feel like they just did it to be kind of a, a comedic scene that it, it wasn't really supposed to be taken seriously. But. I mean, they talk about this is a pretty serious crime, um, just based on the value of, of what has been stolen. Um, and it just, uh, there's a lot of things that happen in this episode that are brushed off very casually that, I mean, they would have occupied like an entire episode of the first season. Mm-hmm. Just, for example, uh, Brenda and Donna smoking alone, <laughs> where they're, they're just like, yes, eh, they take a couple puffs that... that you know, we establish that they don't like it and we kind of move on. Right. Um, David, gets well, the we're, funny we're, line, we're, yeah. And it feels like we're, it thinks we're going, but it feels like we're past the afternoon special it, yeah, like stuff. Right. It, this it now we're more into a serial how, episodic. So mm-hmm. it shows how far the show has come where they can do things like that. And they don't have to be presented as a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas something like this, where you're getting questioned by the police, um, very much is a big deal. Like, where are the scenes of Brandon and Brenda freaking out, going, "Holy shit, we're about to get arrested." The cops want to question us. What are we supposed to say? We were there. Um, do we say like we need to get our story straight? Like, 
we don't get any of that kind of drama, right? It's just this quick little, like you said, cutaway, this montage. It showed the, fucking, showed the police station and then boom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are we doing? Like the usual sp- suspects all of a sudden up in this, yeah. this teen <laughs> sitcom. Like it's just, I don't know. It, it's a lot. Um, I, I'm glad that, you know, we kind of just get it out of the way uh, and uh, get back to just, the character interactions because um, it was like, I, I agree. It was, it was just really ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was, it was hokey. It was goofy and, and not, not realistic at all. And this show has tended to gear right now. Like we're saying where stuff is fairly based to reality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We, we haven't really gotten into um, the era of like, you know, real nonsense. Mm-hmm. So, this just felt like, like yeah. it felt like a cartoon. I mean, it was stupid. Uh, Brandon and Dylan chat. Dylan says he slept in his car at the Ventura County line. Brandon fills in Dylan about the break-in, tells him he has to go in and talk to them too. Dylan's kind of passive. He's like, yeah, I'll get there at some point. Dylan goes to take a shower and he's acting weird. So Brandon starts to get on edge. And this is where he first mm-hmm. starts to really think maybe it was um, Dylan after all. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe I was wrong. So he goes to talk to Brenda and Brandon notices a plane ticket for Hawaii. And he sees that the plane ticket was bought today. And Brandon says, how could that be? Dylan lost all his money at poker. Brenda says, leave him alone. But Brandon says, it's interesting that subtly Dylan's blowing town after the uh, club got ripped off. And Brenda says, he's not blowing town. He's not a thief. He's their friend. Detective Pena, we found out her name, shows up to the house and asks if Dylan's there. And he says, uh, Jim says, yes. And he says, uh, well, is that his car with the VCR, the fax machine, and the amplifier in his Porsche? <laughs> and it demands that Dylan go in for questioning. The Walshers, uh, we cut to the police station. The Walshers are waiting outside for Dylan. Brenda says Dylan claims the stuff was his, but Brandon says it doesn't make sense. A cop comes over and just a real asshole. You hear him say, oh, like father, like son about Dylan. And Jim gets pissed. He stands up and puts the guy in his place and defends Dylan. Basically says, you know. Don't don't blame Dylan for his dad's misdeeds. Um, so that was that was good gym stuff. But again, that felt a little forced. Like, I don't know the cop really walked by saying that it's kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan gets released. He's happy that they all waited. He felt good about that. But Brandon kind of gives him the stink eye as he comes out of the room. But Dylan says, you know, everything's fine. Uh, he told his side of the story. We cut back to the Walsh house. Brandon's pissed with Dylan about his long shower. He's using all the shampoo. So they're kind of bickering like a married couple. Dylan comes out of the shower hot and he wants to know what's going on. He wants it out on the table and Brandon lets loose. He says, I looked at my trash can. There were pawn shop tickets. Uh, and you know, they could have gotten them behind bars with all this stuff. And Dylan says the stuff in the car was his gives a sob story. He says he goes to his family storage locker every day, takes different stuff that he's going to sell just to stay afloat day to day. And he's selling off his life piece by piece. Dylan admits he's finally going to see his mother in Hawaii and Brandon wants to know how he afforded it. And he says he called his mom and she offered to pay. Brandon, as usual, wants to know why Dylan didn't tell him, but Dylan says he couldn't. He's not the type of guy to run home to mom. Uh, so, Tim, I don't know. What did you think of all this? Again, I felt like mm. I, I feel like they're telling the story in a way that you don't know if Dylan's fully being honest. I think maybe yeah. we're clouded by future Dylan. I think past Dylan has given us no reason not to believe him. He's always been pretty truthful. Um, you know, you think kind of future addict Dylan would be more likely to be lying here. Uh it's also interesting. Get a fax machine. <laughs> selling that off. So. Right. Right. Get that there. Uh, so I don't know. What'd you think of this whole stuff at the police station again? And then uh, Brandon grilling Dylan. 
I mean, it's it's a mountain of of circumstantial evidence here just piling mm-hmm. up against Dylan. He's he's got the he's got the electronics in the car. He's got uh, an alibi that cannot be independently verified by anyone else. Um, the plane ticket, the the pawn shop receipt. I mean, if he didn't do it, then then OJ didn't do it, right? I mean, that's this is how it's it's looking for this guy basically. Um, but he does seem to have an answer for everything. And, uh, you know, we are inclined to believe Dylan as, you know, one of our favorite characters on this series and pretty stand up guy. Like he's, you know, he, he's had his issues. He, he has his, he's got a, had a troubled past certainly, but he's no thief. We don't think at least. Right. Um, and it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it was surprising to me that Dylan did not get more defensive, um, when all signs were really pointing to him, including when Brandon just outright confronts him, you know, after the, the showers, it makes it sound like they took a shower together. When I said <laughs> yes. the shower scene, yes. uh, the shower scene, um, like, I mean, Brandon pretty much straight up accuses him like, you know, dude, what, what's the deal here? And, um, again, it, it may be that our, our judgment being clouded by, you know, future Dylan, who probably would fly off at the handle and get very, very defensive, but no, this, this Dylan keeps an even keel and has a, a solid explanation for everything and understands why this looks bad for him. So I don't know. I was a little bit surprised, but pleasantly so by that, I was glad this didn't devolve into a huge blow up or confrontation or something. Um, just because it, it would not be very wise on Dylan's part. Um, the scene at the police station with the detective, I mean, it's kind of unrealistic as it was for him to say what he did in passing like that, uh, gives us a really good gym scene where he's like fully standing up for Dylan. Um, again, just a, a rarity for, for this show. You don't think of them as having that kind of bond, but it's, it's really cool to see, uh, because we know this just, it just goes beyond Dylan and Brenda's relationship Dylan's not just sticking up for this guy because, you know, it's his daughter's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They're not even together anymore. It's it's that he's truly developed this relationship with Dylan and sees the potential in him and and thinks he's a good guy. Uh, so that's really rounding a corner for Jim here. Yes. We will see um, if it continues throughout the season or if that's going to hit, you know, another snag perhaps. With the with the police station, like I said before, you that that love hate relationship with Jim and, and Dylan, you you see, he he plays, he tries to take him on as a kid, basically, and it is what I think. It's it's he he becomes mm-hmm. part of the family, whether he's dating Brenda, not dating Brenda. He, him, Jim and Dylan always have this this thing with each other. I don't know what it is, but it's uh it's always there, and it was you could see it there with him standing up for him. And then talking about the shower scene, um. Dylan's got that stereotypical California surfer mentality where nothing, nothing mm-hmm. fake. Him. It just low key, doesn't flip out, takes it as it is, talks about it. It's just that typical surfer mentality in California, which I thought that's Dylan. That's who he is. Part of it too is probably he's been through so much garbage that like this is really nothing to him. <laughs> like his his yeah. life has been <clears throat> just one fiasco after another. So it's like, yeah, all right, whatever. Like, like I can explain thing. everything. No, I'll get yeah. it out. 
All right, David is at the club. He's strutting around. He's wearing some new threads. He offers to buy Donna a snack with his new cash. She just laughs at him. Uh, Brenda comes back. This time she's wearing her shirt and a big hat. Brandon goes to talk to Henry. He's watching his stories. Brandon asks him, do, do I still have a job? And Henry says he could be mad that he lied, or maybe he's glad he told the truth. But he thinks he'll be both mad and glad for a while. And maybe Brandon could stick around. Henry says somewhere inside Brandon is a good kid, and by the end of the summer they're going to find it. And then he tells him the good news. There was a break-in at the L.A. Beach Club down the street. Same exact situation. And the crew got caught. It was a seashell laundry service, which is a good callback like you referenced, Tim, a little bit earlier. Uh, they knew the inside of all these clubs. And they had set up a sting to uh, raid and steal the electronics. Brandon asks if now he has to bring the laundry himself to the laundromat. And Henry says, we'll see, we'll see, which is like the most 80s thing I think of the show. Uh, definitely felt like a very 80s thing. Uh, Henry says he already told Dylan the good news when Brandon says he'll go share it with him. Uh, we go back to the Walsh house. Dylan comes in the room. He says bye to Brenda. They hug. He apologizes and thanks her for standing by him. Dylan makes her promise to have a good time this summer while he's away and says he has a chance to work it out with his mom if he was able to survive the Walshes. Dylan tells her to stay out of the sun. And then he asks Brandon if he wants to check his luggage, which was the funny line. Uh, and Brandon apologizes, but Dylan's all good. He says he needed a kick in the butt. And uh, Brandon and Dylan each get each other a bottle of shampoo. Uh, as goodbye gifts. So that was a nice little ending there. So, uh, Charlie, how'd you think of how this all wraps up? I thought it was it was funny with the uh, the shampoo at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. You could see Dylan, they, he gave her a little kiss before he left. And uh, the, the line with Brandon was funny uh, with the suitcase. Uh, doesn't, off topic, but doesn't Henry, doesn't he watch, now I just watched this episode. I haven't watched the other ones before it in a long time. But doesn't he watch like a soap opera every day or something like that? Bold, was it Bold and the Beautiful, Tim? It was either that or Young and the Restless. I can't remember that's which right. one. Isn't that what it, that's? You have to. I remember when they first, if I remember this right, when they first yep. meet each other, he's like an hour a day. I'm watching some soap opera, and right. that was kind of kicked to that, right? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to look quick if I had it in here. I don't have it mentioned. Yeah, it's one of the two. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was a soap it's opera. It's definitely a soap opera. It's either Young and the Rest of the Beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's a yep. daytime yep. soap. Um, uh, it's funny. We've got uh, Brandon for like the second time in as many episodes uh, asking Henry Thomas, do I still have a job? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, dude, like how can you be fucking up this bad <laughs> over the course of one summer? Like, uh, And it's it's interesting to me as well that to most people, I think, Brandon is kind of seen mm-hmm. as like the the golden child can sort of do no wrong. And I think Henry kind of looks at him as a fuck up. He's like, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's just this yeah. kid that, you know, is like constantly making these, these amateurish, terrible, like stupid mistakes. But he, well, he even says of, he's like, there's a good kid in there somewhere. Yeah. He says yeah. it's true. There's a good, good kid in there somewhere. Like that's where Henry is coming from. Like mm-hmm. he's just kind of taking a shine to, to Brandon and thinks he can like straighten him out. <laughs> eventually at some point before the summer is over so but he does he does not have the view of he does not hold the view of brandon that most people do um nor should he based on their uh their interaction so far so i kind of like that and i I like that the show acknowledged it um we get to see david sort of shooting a shot with donna here Mm -hmm. a little bit but again that's still going nowhere uh, we'll we'll continue to uh, keep an eye on things on that front. Uh, you know, Dylan now, it, there was a line that he had earlier in the episode where he was talking to Jim about his reluctance to 
go to Hawaii and see his mother because their whole, I guess, relationship throughout his childhood has been defined by her throwing money at him in lieu of, you know, love and support and affection as, you know, a parent should provide. And so now he's in the position where he's having to basically ask her for money. Yeah. And that just feels very, very wrong to him. It's yeah. sort of like, so Jim told him was going to happen. Yeah, it, it sure was. And it's like, Oh, how the turntable, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, uh, apparently now, um, Dylan is going to swallow his pride. He's got the, he's got the plane ticket. Uh, but is he going to be coming back? I mean, you know, he's going to go, wasn't the idea at the end of, um, uh, our episode last time around that he was going to go and live with Iris. Not yes. Just, yeah. You know, cause I mean, he's got no one else at this point. Dad's in jail. Um, it's not like he's, you know, been emancipated from his parents or whatever. So how's this going to work out? Is this the last we're going to see a Dylan? So we're kind of, I don't know. We're, we're, we've got that little cliffhanger hanging out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I like the wrap up here and I, I like that we're, we're still continuing that thread of, uh, what's going to happen to Dylan really. Yes. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get to our awards here and wrap things up. Uh, yes. best scene I, to me, it was Jim putting the detective at his place. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think I'm, I, I think that's gotta be mine too. hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, most important scene. I had the same thing. Uh, Jim defending Dylan, like long term, that's gonna that's going to be one of our key relationships on the show over the next two seasons. Um, so like him, like Charlie, you called it. Right? You you called it out. Right? Like he's there's this weird stepfather, mm-hmm. you know, or big brother, little brother thing going on with the two of them, right? Where he's like yeah. a surrogate dad for Dylan. We're starting yeah. to see that really play out here. Uh, and that'll that'll twist around left and right for us over the next couple of seasons. So to me, that was the most important scene that that was established. Uh, I agree. I agree with that because it's it's going to just build for the future from right there. That that was it right there. I'll I'll mix it up a little bit and and split this category by saying I I thought most important in terms of just sort of foreshadowing and for what it's worth, I don't think that what this is foreshadowing is, is in any way as important as the jim dylan dynamics but mm-hmm. just in terms of like something big that's going to happen later is the fact that brandon um wins in his like first yes. outing at you know this poker night and um nothing really comes of it for a while but we're going to see that when we revisit this mm-hmm. as as an interest that brandon has uh he likes it's it. going to go in some different places <laughs> So All right, most, the first time we see that. Most 90s look. Um, there wasn't like a, a ton of them here. I went with Brenda's flower hat at the beach, I guess, at the end. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with Dylan's like blue T-shirt with kind of like abstract symbols all over it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it. I guess kind of a surfer look. Well, since I, have, I, I haven't been on in a bit. Um, just the beach club outfits that Brandon yes, yeah. Henry wears for me. Yeah. That's nineties beach club all over it. White shorts, high tight shirt, polo, 
that's that's the 90s all there right there mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one all right most 90s moment i had three uh steve saying he had a rare projection tv at home that was that was big big baller in the early 90s right there uh dylan having the fax machine in his car that he took from the storage unit and then henry's we'll see we'll see at the end which was just pure 90s uh, or uh, actually, those were eighties, I guess, but early nineties. Though we'll see. Yeah. Uh, definitely like the end of a end of a movie. <laughs> I, I was. As we're already, I, I would shoot the fax machine for sure. Yeah, that's. A, I that's think a the good lady, the, did the lady in the porn shop, did she mention? Did she say VCR? I thought she said. VCR. I think she did. Yeah, she said VCR. Yeah, you probably mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always think of hearing a. Uh, Whenever my parents would say, we'll see, when I was when I would be bugging them to do something, in the back of my mind, I always went, we'll see means yes, because if you kept badgering them, you could wear them down enough that they would they would cave. Um, but anyway, I, I had some different 90s moments here. I had, um, well, we, we talked about the, you know, hey, you can call Hawaii direct from uh, from our landline, basically, in the in the Walsh home. So. Mm-hmm. That pack bell, uh, that was a big deal back then, mm-hmm. um, as you pointed out, JT. Um, how about Brenda and Donna maxing out on the uh, SPF 25 on the beach? Now yes. it's like, you know, man, that's that's not going to cut that's it. That's light, yeah. That's weak. Yeah, like, come on. Um, and uh, I feel like I, I had one more. Um Oh gosh, what was my other one? Um, uh, uh, I'll think of it. Anyway, okay. let's move on. The cigars with the the cigars with the tips on them too. That was yep. that was nineties. Yeah, me. that's that's pretty nineties as well. Yep. Uh, all right, best hookup. I went with Brenda and Donna. It, it was a new new relationship that we're mm. seeing a little bit in depth, and they had some good scenes together, and you know, I felt like they had a little, little chemistry going on. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, just to be different. Just David being involved in that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David. The, everyone. Yeah. David popping up in the pokey game. I like Brenda Donna. I'll I'll back that one up. All right. I had two quotes that uh, made me laugh. Uh, one was Brandon saying, "It bugs me. Rich kids think they own the world." And then uh, the way Henry says that this club had a major burglary burglary last night. Um, I don't know, just the wording major burglary made me really crack up. Um, and then it made me think of Christmas Story when he says major award, and I laughed even more. Um, oh, so a major award. Yes, yeah, so I enjoyed the delivery of that. Uh, Would you have to major burglary? <laughs> um, I think we've already mentioned them. Uh, Brandon. Don't be such a squeef and. Uh, <laughs> yes. Steve very enthusiastically announcing Wienerblatt tonight. Pass it on. <laughs> Wienerblatt. This is completely different, but when Brandon went up to Henry and he was watching the TV and Brandon goes, is it a good time to talk? And he goes, one second. And it was literally like one second and he shut the TV off. <laughs> you had to get that last second of the soap in. Yes. Um, all right. Final grade. I Even though I nitpicked this episode, I really enjoyed it a lot. It felt... Um, a little step above the last couple for us, I thought. Um, so I ended up going eight out of ten, Tim. Um, yeah. I, I know it felt it feels high reading it, but it was like a really good episode. of drama. I liked the tighter cast. I thought we learned a lot about Dylan in this episode. It forwarded the D- Dylan Jim stuff. We got a little bit of David and Donna. We get some Brenda and Donna. We saw Brandon still have some chinks in the armor. So I, I thought it was well done. 
And like every scene kind of mattered in this one. Wow. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, God, I don't feel like I can go eight on it, but I'm not tremendously far off. I mean, I think it's better than something like the party fish, but it's sort of on par with, with our last episode for me. It just feels like a good continuation from that. If anything hurts it, I mean, other than the, the things that we sort of pointed out with the absurdity of like the police station stuff, um, and, and things being kind of casually glossed over that should be a bigger deal. Um, I think the absence of like a Kelly here mm-hmm. sort of felt, I, I don't know why she wasn't a part of this. It just seemed like, why couldn't she be one of the babes at the, at the all night right. poker society? Meeting? Right. Um, so I'm going to, I guess I'll go seven and a half on it. I mean, still pretty good. I'm, I'm, I, it's tough. I, I want to go like 8.5 and it's only because mm. I don't get to watch these episodes much. Right. And it brings back for me just watching this. I've watched it like three times and I'm just like, I, I want to watch more now. But uh, <laughs> I just, I just liked it. It was a good episode. It was a good episode. And I get the Kelly thing, but that Kelly will bring drama to the episode too, which you probably didn't need. True. I like the tenor cast. Like I, as much as I like all the characters, like I felt every now and then it feels good to do something like this where you, we didn't need to expand to others just to expand. Right. It was, it was fine the way yeah, they went about it. We didn't it, have so. to have her. I just, right. you didn't, same I with just, Andrea too. I, yeah. I you like did. her because she's at least good for good. For oh, of course. One-hunters. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. Even if it's a very small role that she, she usually gets and her, her delivery and timing is always, um, just really, I, I like this version of Kelly, I guess mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. No, she's been really good. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder so, how many other episodes she hasn't been in. That may be the first many, one, right? I think. Yeah. I can, I can look back at our trackers if she ever got zero points. Um, yeah. We have everything documented, as you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I'm looking quick. I don't see her. Uh, I don't know. Halfway through season one. I don't. I don't think she's missed any. We know Dylan missed a bunch. Just maybe the first one she wasn't in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good call. It usually says on the Wikipedia also which characters, if any, were not right present. So she doesn't have any zeros in season one uh, for points. And I'm thinking she probably didn't many miss much more either. That's what I'm I'm thinking. Right. This could be the only one. Yeah. She's one of the few characters who's going to be there through the end. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right, real quick on our trackers, uh, new characters. I, we didn't mention him, but Paul Sanders, I believe, is Steve's cousin, <laughs> was there. Oh, okay. Cousin Paul. Uh, Danny Waterman and Detective Pena were the new characters we saw. Uh, relationships, we had Brenda and Donna. We had Jim and Brandon. Uh, I'm sorry, Jim and Brandon. Jim and Dylan, I should say. Uh, places and things. I went with the beach club game room because it was like a different part of the beach club we haven't really seen mm. indoors. And then the police station. Uh, for a new place. Is anything I missed other than that? I'm going to put the Wiener Black game since that's a pretty big thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd think that covers it. Okay. Uh, oh, the pawn shop. The pawn shop, too. Well, yeah, I guess the pawn shop, sure. Fun fact that Beach Club was also used in uh, an episode of Saved by the Bell. Was that the one where they're at the summer? Nope. Nope. Stacy Carosi? All right, yeah, so that's even more than one episode. They were there for a whole summer season, too. Same, same Beach Club. That's pretty cool. 
Nice. Uh, songs, the only two called out here were What I Like About You by The Romantics. That was at the beach when Brenda and Don are tanning. And then I guess it wasn't Sinatra. This says it was You've Got That Thing by Bobby Short during the casino night. Um, hmm. So unless that's the one that was playing the first night, that could be it. Because it sounded like Sinatra the second time. Oh, no, I don't know. This I mean, is like an older Sinatra song. Sinatra is distinctive enough that you would... It might have been this one. That. I'm listening to it now quick, and it's it sounds okay. like it's the one that was playing in that scene, so maybe it wasn't Sinatra. Hmm. All right, let's get to our character rankings. I've already plugged in. We had five characters not involved in this episode. It was Kelly, Andrea, Jackie, Nat, and Scott, so they all get zeros for tonight. Um, I'm confident that we could put Cindy at the bottom of the people that appeared, since she really didn't do much. Yep. Right. She okay. cured some sunburn, but that was about all. Uh, that said, she still picks up eight points, uh, I believe. <laughs> so, unless I'm no, hang on, I'm gonna do this wrong. One, two, three, four, five, six. She gets six points for that okay. brief appearance. Um, all right, then it gets a little tricky because everyone else played pretty big roles here. Yeah. Um, I would say probably Donna or David next, or Henry. Mm, I guess Donna, da- Donna or David. He's on the money, so I'd put him up a little bit higher. He was kind of agree. You yeah, think Henry, like, Henry next, maybe? I feel like Henry above both of them. Mm. I mean, so you want to go that, Donna, then David, then Henry? That's what I'm thinking. I would say Donna. Then, yeah, David and Henry. D- David and Henry, that would, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Henry had the we'll see, which is the all-time line. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> oh, how about well, Steve, how actually? You love that would you have Steve below them? Steve... I mean, Steve started it, but I mean, it was going to happen yeah. anyway. So. He's he's pretty important to driving the plot. Just again, this is another. Much, no, but it's another good example of when you need a heel, when you need that antagonist, right. you sort of plug in Steve. Um, I I'll put it this way: I don't I don't think I would put him below Henry, even though he still like isn't a huge like Henry isn't himself a huge presence. I just think he's right. He makes a better showing of like better showing than David and Donna, you know. Okay, so you think Steve above Henry? He, yeah, I think so. I know I could be talked out of it, but that's sort of what I'm leaning. Well, how about okay? We kind of overlook Brenda too. Like, should mm. she be lower? Like, she doesn't really do a ton in this one either. She doesn't do shit really. <laughs> no, so she should be after David, and she should be below Henry. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think I would agree with that. Yep. All right, so Brenda. Nine, Henry, ten. All right, so then we get the three big ones: Brandon, Jim, and Dylan. Mm. Who do you like? I would, a strong would, season for Jim. <laughs> yeah, I would say me. I would say it would go Brandon, Jim, Dylan. Yeah, I'm not really pushing back on that. Yeah, I think I'm good there. Yeah, Jim's in strong. I mean, we gave him mm. top. Uh, it was the same last night. Dylan won Jim too last time. So, yeah, top um, honors just about. All right, all right. So we got Scott, Nat, Jackie, Andrea, Kelly with zeros, Cindy with six, Donna with seven, David with eight, Brenda with nine, then Henry, Steve, Brandon, Jim, Dylan. Uh, it feels good based on this episode. Um, all right, I'm gonna run the numbers, Tim. You want to tell us what's uh, going on in our podcast universe? 
Uh, yeah, I'll do my best at least. So, first of all, you are hearing this show, 9021 No So. Uh, so if this is the first time you've heard us, welcome. If it's not, um, welcome back. But either way, I'd like you to be subscribed to this podcast because we are our own dedicated podcast network. The only thing you will find here on the 9021 No So feed is this very show. So, we hope you like what you're hearing. We hope if you're not subscribed, that you will subscribe. Um, after hearing this episode. Uh, of course, we've got some other, I don't know what you could call it, resources uh, for you to check out as well. Uh, we have a Gmail account, 9021noso at gmail.com. Why don't you uh, send us some feedback if you would like. We may read it on air. I'm kind of calling an audible there, not that we've talked about it. Let's do it. Think, I'm in. I just think it would be fun to do a mailbag episode, don't you? Yes. JC? We'll see yes. if we uh, get some feedback there. Um, I have started a Google Drive for this show as well with, um, let's just say, some, some, uh, some goodies. Uh, I, I mentioned resources. Um, some things that will come into play later on as we continue to cover this show, let's say. So uh, if you want to check out what we've got available for you on our Google Drive, uh, drop me a line or drop JT a line. We'll get you access um, to that. So you can use that that email account or hit us up on social media. You can find me. I am at Psyche68CYKE68 on Twitter. So if you want to... Uh, DM me, slide on in. Um, I'll respond. Uh, you know, this is not about exclusivity or anything like that. You don't have to prove that, you know, you're, you're a fan of the show or pass any kind of test. Um, be helpful if you're not a Russian bot, but, um, yeah, not too difficult to, uh, to get added to our, uh, Gmail, uh, drive if you're so interested. Um, Charlie, have you got anything going on that you would like to promote or direct anyone to social media or, or anything of that nature? I got nothing, man. I got you guys. That's what I got. That's excellent. Well, He's a got special you. correspondent. That's it. Special correspondent. We will certainly have you back at some point, as we do pretty much all our great guests here on 9021 No So. Uh, how we do? How we doing, JT? Ready to rock. Thank you for uh, biding the time there for sure. You bet. Um, all right. So uh, for season two, here's where we stand. Scott Scanlon with two points in last place. Jackie Taylor with five points. Second uh, second to last. Napa Suchio with 11. Andrea Zuckerman with 17. Kelly Taylor with 17. I'm sorry. Ke- Andrea with 17. Kelly Taylor with 21. So she's uh, down to the bottom five right now with this no mm. show. Yeah. Donna Martin has surpassed her with 23. David Silver with 26. Henry with 29. Cindy Walsh uh, tied with Steve Sanders, both at 32. Brenda Walsh with 45. Brandon Walsh with 48. Jim Walsh with 50. And Dylan McKay with 53. So uh, shows you, too, the shift in tone, right? Because Brendan Brandon mm. destroyed the field in season one. And yep. here in season two, they're in third and fourth now. And we'll see if Dylan slides, if he's, you know, misses a few. I'm guessing he'll probably miss the rest of the summer episodes. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I'm assuming that's the case. And then he'll pop back up come fall so we'll see so he may slide a little bit here um we'll see i can't yeah. remember 
I can't imagine he's maybe toward the end. We'll see. Uh, all right. Overall character, all time rankings. Here we go. Jackie Taylor, last place with 18 points. Henry Thomas above her at 29. Napasuccio with 61. Right above him is Scott Scanlon with 64. That's our bottom group. Then we got Donna Martin with 104. She's kind of in her own little world. David Silver with 153. Andrea Zuckerman with 160. Then we jump up to Kelly Taylor with 190 and Cindy Walsh with 199. Then we go up to Jim Walsh with 208. Steve Sanders with 213, tied with Dylan with 213. And then our top two uh, still kind of in their own stratosphere. Brenda Walsh with 288. Brandon pulls ahead of her by one now with 289. So this episode helped him regain top position. So we'll see if uh, Dylan can make a run at that top top two. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Steve's got a run in him too. We'll see. But it may be Jim over the next couple of seasons. After that, it's probably going to be tough to, to have anyone else jump at those top couple spots all the time. Yep. Right, right. Hmm. Wow. All right. Have you guys already said uh, RIP to Nat? Is it, did I miss that? Oh, good call. Yeah, we should probably call that out. Uh, thanks, Charlie, for pointing that out. Yes, very sad. Uh, indeed. Nat Basuccio. Yeah, Joey Tata. Um, rest in peace. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, though, a twofer since our our last yes. recording, did we did we mention uh, Denise yeah. Denise Dow's? Yeah, um, sadly uh, passed away um, preceding Joey mm-hmm. Tata. About um, a week apart, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, she, as I understand it, had meningitis, which uh, I mean, I had bacterial meningitis as a child. I can tell you, it was no picnic. Um, and very life-threatening disease sadly uh did not pull through i was i was kind of following that one and, and hoping that she she would turn around i know she was in a coma for a while but mm-hmm. uh sadly she uh did not make it so that's uh mrs teasley and nat Sikio no longer with us so, well, rest in peace to two legends one. of the yeah. show for sure um the ride with us to this rewatch for sure in spirit uh all right so let's wrap things up we'll be back in a few weeks with our next episode as we continue our trek through season two charlie thanks for joining us as always have a little dim sum a little den sum and we'll talk to you soon take care let me sing forevermore